0: بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله والصلاة والسلام على رسول الله وعلى آله وصحبه ومن walah, my brothers and sisters in this super cool like temperature wise nothing but facts of society studio where some serious fiqh and kalam was going down last week serious fiqh and kalam in the evening this place turns into the seminary Right. I don't like the word seminar. I need another name. What's another name? Is it
1: too bad to call it? Madrasa? Madrasa? Is that the connotations? Um, no. we got to think of something.
0: Ribat. Ribat al-Fatih. How's that? Yeah. Ribat al-Fatih. Because that's what they, the Habayib called their schools. Ribat. What do you think of that? Yeah.
1: Donation from Noah Johannes.
0: For Asharid Ninja Warrior. Yes. W. Eid says madrasa is nice. Ma'ad al fath Ribat al fath Yeah. Right? I like
1: that. I like Ma'had ribat. Yeah. Something more like. It's got a shammy yeah, yeah, and yeah.
0: Afri- uh, a Mediterranean feel yeah, to it. Yeah, Okay, today we are on Surat. We're going to do Surat because I'm not sure where we left off because it's been like three weeks between since we did this, but we're going to do Al Zalzala. Right? Okay. We're on Al Zalzala today. And we're reading from Sayyidina al-Imam al-Baghawi. Okay. Now, by the way, Zawiyat um, al-Fatih.
1: Ooh, I like that. But Keeps the Salafis out, too. <laughs> <laughs>
0: and, and either way, by the way, your mic is on, right? Yeah. Okay. Either way, this thing is not, it's not, it's its meant for people who are really ready to study, so it's going to be an Arabic term, right? right. It's not going to be a vanilla term like Safina Sadi, everyone could say it, right? It's going to be made for people who They already know how to read out problem is with the word Al-Fath Right? That's the issue, right? Because Oh, you were on Qari'ah, you said? Okay
1: I believe so Yeah
0: um, Because the issue of The Ta And the Ha People will say Fath mm, If you yeah. translate it, they'll That's say the Fath Yeah, yeah, yeah So what do we call it? Conquest school? Conquest <laughs> school. <laughs> Conquest State <Yeah>. University? <laughs> uh. All right. Or Victoria College.
1: Victoria <laughs> College.
0: Because that's what Fatah means. Fatah means victory and conquest, right? Yeah. So, anyway, we have time to think about it. But we'll see. But that's the Fatah is when I said to Habib Omar, we're going to have a masjid. He said, Masjid al-Fatah. That's
1: what he called it. Yeah. Mm. So he, he didn't... Or a huh? long time ago. No, like, oh,
0: like cool. when we just started this thing. There we go. There it is. So, so al-Fatah. Yeah. Mahad al Fath. Think about it. Let's ask uh, our our let's ask our sh- our shareholders: Sheikh Harun, Sheikh Nasar, Murad. These are the people that we're gonna build it on them, on them because they're powerful. Mashallah. Subhanallah. They're really powerful. In I didn't know that. Uh,
1: he got back to you. Mashallah. He got
0: back to me on as a masjid. When I first said we're gonna have a masjid, and I was like, I don't, know. I think well, the the main thing will be a masjid, but it's not a masjid. Right. The main thing is the Mahad. And the soup kitchen And the studio yeah. So it's all the institutions Around a masjid mm-hmm. Right And so um, All these These are ancillary institutions Around a masjid yeah. That gives life to, to the community Because It's not just the masjid Every, Sons from the time of Way back mm-hmm. You had a masajid And you have madaris yeah. And you have the the, 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 the the location of For the poor Has been somewhere else Dar al-fath Dar al-fath Is a nice one yeah. That's a good one too uh, yeah. I like that, Dar al-Fatih. I like that one a lot. So let's come up with a whole list, and I think that's... Surah yeah. Al-Qari'ah, Mekkiyatun, nabda'u <laughs> bi-bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Alhamdulillah, wassalatu wassalamu ala rasulillah wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa man wala. Allahumma salli salatan kamila wa salim salaman tam man ala seydina Muhammad al-lazhi tanhalu bil we are doing a makeup today of the two tafsir days that we missed. So we read from Imam Al Bagawi, Surah Al Qari'ah. Maybe we'll talk a little bit about, Az, if you want to read to us a little bit the summary afterwards for the affairs of the Ummah of what they did to Libya, Gaddafi. Okay. we'll take a f- couple questions and then of course we have the du'a of bin Nasr do you have that with you there
1: yeah
0: uh, you see you see the scenes that we created here yeah. me and uh, Habib mopped up a little bit yeah so it's good split screens and everything Surah Al-Qari'ah means Al-Qari'ah is one of the names of al Qiyama, and al Qara is to knock like that Okay. Al-Qar'a banging why? Because it's banging on your heart and it's coming. It's coming. Okay? Like it's imminent. Al-Qiyamah is imminent. And see the difference between people is vestiges and vantage points. Okay? The vista and the vantage point by which you look at things. So if you if 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 people of the Masajid and people of the Quran, they are constantly reciting and making remembrance of the Qiyamah. And how short this life is. Like every single day, multiple times a day, it comes off their tongue, or they hear it, or they read it. So it becomes infused inside of them that we're merely passers-by in this world. So when you lose some money, it doesn't affect you. When you lose a little bit, th- this world is not worth chasing for. That min dhikr al akhirah and dhikr, the remembrance of the shortness of this hayat al-dunya, that's exactly what forces a person, what makes a person have a different vantage point. Right? And, that's, and all it is, is a non-stop just different repetitions, different recitations of hadith verses of Quran. Until, it's really like you're, it's like a die. Sibqat Allah. As if you take something and you put it in some da'i. It's impossible to remove it from a person that the vantage point that you have when you're looking out at this world is that it's short. And that it's not worth loss. It's not worth sacrificing my right? And the other um, issue is is that when we're constantly mentioning it you have to always remember too that you never want to go to an extreme which I don't... I don't really think uh, that uh, most people get to this extreme, but some youth may. An extreme of remembrance of Akhirah to the point that they have no dunya at all. And at that point, when they have no dunya at all like that, they wake up one day and realize, hold on, I'm broke. Like, I have no skills. That's really bad, okay? And then they actually become, they go the opposite way. All right, that's a problem. So that's why the, the wise shuyukh such as Sayyidina al-Imam Abu Hassan al Shadhili, he refused to take a mureed unless he has a, a trade. You got to have a way to earn a living. Okay? Because you, you want to avoid that extreme. The best path to Allah Ta'ala, if you think about it, is the path is some families you have, the mom and dad, they set the family up financially really well. The kid who grows up in that, he never really worries about the dunya. Okay. All right. What is going on uh, on, on the chats these days? Yeah. The Facebook. Are you, you have access to the Facebook?
1: Yeah, you want me to ban this?
0: What, what is he talking about? What is Lawrence Kendall talking about? Go back to Kendall Park. I don't know what he's talking about. Is he like spamming us or is he actually talking to someone else on the stream?
1: I bet he's like, not to be disrespectful to old people, but I bet he's like 85, came in and suggested. And now he's watching this.
0: Okay, TV. listen, Lawrence, you can talk. I'll, I'll talk to you. There's no issue. Yeah, there's no issue. Do you know why I'm, I'm relaxed about it? Because we can ban you, right? If it gets crazy, we'll ban you. But if it's fine, we'll talk. I'm willing to talk. To some, what, what is the purpose of streaming? If there's a non-Muslim who wants to learn about Islam, that's our purpose. Okay? So, I am under, trying to understand what you mean. I'm fine with that, totally. Because I couldn't tell whether you, you're like talking trash or just trying to understand I have no problem anyone want to chit chat and we will answer all your questions from A to Z no problem so it looks like with that thumbs up Oz we made peace
1: okay
0: it looks like we're at peace with Lawrence what's the question I guess so he's just trying to understand what is Islam I guess so what we're talking about Mr. Kendall is the afterlife and the day of judgment okay and when we constantly have our mind that we are going to another life that is far longer, far more perfect than this life, it makes your it makes person just relax about the losses of this life. Some people don't have losses. They just don't even have anything to begin with, right? And you wonder, I always wonder, people who are less endowed, quote unquote, how do they cope? You ever wonder about that? I was like, some people are just like less endowed. And everyone's less endowed means less gifted in this life, Okay? Oh, we're totally at peace with Lawrence Kendall. We just misunderstood him. That's all. Okay. Uh, some pe- everyone's less endowed than somebody else, right? I mean, you got Michael—the Michael Jordans, the Tom Brady's uh, of the world—who have everything that you can ask for of the Hayat Dunya, of this life. The word Dunya means this life. They got everything you can ask for, right? Here's the problem with that: you're still gonna get old, right? No matter how much you have of perfection of this life, you're still gonna get old. Your skin is gonna get wrinkly. You know how much how depressing it is for a lot of people when they're investing their entire world in this, their entire energy into enjoying this life. Then they look in the mirror one day and their skin gets wrinkly, right? And then they try to do all these plastic surgeries, right? And then what do they do with the skin? They just put Botox. By the way, everyone on Botox looks the same. Right. You ever notice that? It is the scariest thing. People put Botox in their lips, in their cheeks. They all look the same. It's the weirdest thing, right? It's amazing how every human being that God created looks totally different. Even though the factors are, are, are you can count them on your hand. Right. Cheekbones, nose bones, lips, chin, forehead, right? Like, you can count them on your hand. But the subtleties, no two human beings ever look different. I ever look the same. But as soon as we get involved with plastic surgery and Botox, they all look the same. And there was a set of twins out of Europe. They loved life. Okay? They love life. And we're no better than them. We love life too. But we, we love life in the right way. In the sense that we understand what actual life, the perfection of it, is going to happen in the next life. But we can have a good appetizer in this life that will get you through it. Right, right. But these guys... These folks, when they start stretching the skin, pulling, doing all these things, and you look terrible. I got to tell you, sometimes you see, you know, like your old movie stars like Bob De Niro, like Robert De Niro, yeah, and you see him starring in a movie. Oh, you can't even walk, right? He can't walk. He's walking like a senior citizen, right? Which no offense to that, but he's playing a role where he's got to be a mafioso or a gangster, and wallah, I felt bad for the guy. Like, he's, try, he's trying hard to still be in the game.
1: Even those guys, they, like, they do Botox and things like that. Oh, they do. Surgery. They do everything. Pretty much everyone in Hollywood.
0: Everyone in Hollywood's fake, right? And we, do, we can do plastic surgery if you have a deformity, right? But we don't do plastic surgery for no reason, just to, to increase yourself, right? But I'm telling you, he doesn't even walk right. He had to do a movie a couple of years ago, before COVID-19, where he's like a young Mafioso, and they were able to digitally make his face younger, but the body is like arched, and he's too old Res- age with respect, we age with respect man subhanallah, look at our scholars and our Shi they age with dignity even the even the Christians who worship God and they believe in the afterlife like there is still some benefit in that in this life, even though we say, okay, you, you got things wrong, but there are still some benefits in this life. And, and and Allah will give people, you know, a reward or compensation, I should say, for the true things that they the good things that they did, right? So they age with dignity and they age with respect. Not trying to still be in the game. So al Qari'ah means it's coming. The 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 word qari'ah, the explanation of the chapter of the Quran, which is called Al Qari'ah, it means that thing which is knocking on the door. Okay. It's knocking on the door. Al And then there is a rhetorical device here. Okay. Al Qara This is a rhetorical device. Al what is the Qara? And who will inform you about Al Qariah? Okay. So when you repeatedly ask a question over and over and over what you're doing is you're, you're heightening the excitement or the interest in it. Okay? And the Prophet wasallam, the messenger, peace be upon him, used to say things and he used to leave it hanging. Until a sahabi would ask about it. Okay? So he would say something and just let it hang in the air until somebody would ask about it. Because when you ask about it, when you ask about knowledge, you remember it better than when you are just told. Listen to this. How many human beings can we estimate ever existed? Like a rough, rough, rough estimate. Like we have charts, and we've seen in the modern era the chart of human population. Is no longer going the normal growth rate, it's going like this. We, the, the growth rate is absurd. Okay? But, I mean, Oz, why don't you stick one of these things on yeah, the I'm screen? Sure. Okay? Because the growth rate of human population was slow, slow, slow. Then it hit a, uh, as technology developed, right? Amazing growth. And we Muslims have a different view. We never say, there's too many human beings on the earth. What are you talking about? Who's the creator of human beings, right? The, crea- the one who created these human beings, okay, is the one who is going to nourish them. So you don't have to worry about their nourishment, all right? We just have to distribute our wealth prob- uh, properly. We don't distribute wealth properly, we have greed. We got greed because people have no belief, right? They think this is the only life we're gonna live. Right, So, we never worry about overpopulation of the earth and then go and tell people not to have babies and not to have kids. Okay. You know, ever notice? This is only in the brown countries that they tell people not to have kids anymore. Stop having kids. They go to the Africa and Asia and they tell people they're not to have kids. They never do that here. right? So, it's the opposite here. So, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us Al-Qar'a, And he says that people on that, in, this, uh, in the day of judgment, will be so many when they're resurrected. There will be so many, they will be like locusts all over each other. There was a movie back in the day, I saw the trailer, I never watched the movie. It was called City X or something like that. It was with Brad Pitt. And there's a scene. That there are all the people are trying to get through a bridge or, so, or a, 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 um, trying to get through like a wall, and humans, just humans, spilling on each other. Okay? Just spilling all over each other. Right? And that's exactly what Allah says on the Day of Judgment, it's gonna be like that. World War Z is the movie. I never saw it, I saw the trailer. But human beings just pouring all over, naked, no clothes. That's how the day of judgment the resurrection will be like that, naked. Said Aisha said, How could we be naked? The Prophet said, This the 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 events of the day of resurrection will be so uh, 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 shocking to people that nobody will worry about anyone else's nakedness. Okay. And that the events of the day of judgment, all right, will what are they? They're everyone's sins coming, and everyone's good deeds, coming in the forms, in different forms. Right? Different forms. And you're seeing that. And, but you're only affected by your own. This is an amazing thing. Right? And that's how we have it in life. Right? In life, if two brother and sister are in the same house, one sister sleeps at night, and the other sibling stays up doing haram all night, doing something sinful all night. When they wake up, they're in the same house, right? One heart is full of light, one heart is full of darkness. They're in the same room, they're sitting at the same kitchen table. One heart is full of light, and the other heart's full of darkness. Even though they're next to each other, they're not affected. Likewise, on the day of resurrection, two people could be right next to each other. One guy's being chased by his sins, the other is being umbrellaed by birds that are the reflection of his recitation of Qur'an or good deeds. So you could be right next to each other. Total different experience, but you're seeing it all, okay? That's the difference. In this world, it's all in our hearts, okay? It's all in our hearts in this world. And sometimes you could see it on the faces of people, okay? You could see it on people's faces, the light or the darkness, all right? If you ever are in a materialistic, like, you're stuck, look at the faces of the people who lived that life, right? Nothing is, nothing can possibly be worse than these people when they age in a selfish, materialistic, and hedonistic life. They age, and then they're tossed aside because the new models have come in and the 40- and 50-year-old models, they have to retire for them to do. Or the guys who are, you know, strapping in their youth, they're done with now. No one's interested in them anymore. Their skin starts sagging, okay? So...
1: One thing I've noticed is that everything from the dunya, that, you know, all these pleasures, mm-hmm. they all, they get used up. Food, you know, it gets consumed. Consumed. You know, even good smells like bakhur, right? It gets good used up. Anything yep. that is like the pleasure of the flesh yes. in this life, and it doesn't have to be that way. You know, we use tools all the time, and we could use a tool for the next 200 years, yep. and it's not gonna break, it's not gonna get used up. Yep. But for some reason, Allah has designed our bodies, that pleasure... We have even like a refractory period, mm-hmm. so it just gets used up.
0: Everything that is so called dunya, right. it ends up negative at the end. Like there's a negativity to it. For example, you can't eat so as you, can, uh, uh, you can't eat up to a except at a certain limit. Like you can't eat forever. Right. After one or two plates, it's painful to eat. Mm-hmm. So the same thing that you went after is now painful every single one of these superstars of the past you never scroll in, uh, and, or get a and YouTube. where are they now right and some of them are really shriveled in bad up. shape shriveled up, shriveled up yeah. sometimes they're out of shape and sometimes they're broke right right some of these hollywood stars so everything that is of the dunya means of this lower world and these temptations that we're told to put a limit on it we're not told to avoid it altogether we're told to put a limit on it and use it only in what is permissible, the haram will always mess you up at the end. I mean, alcohol and drugs and gambling never has a good ending. Fornication and adult, this stuff never has a good ending. It's like, who goes into this thing thinking that you're going to be the one who comes out of it alive? Especially gambling. Gambling could not exist if the gambler himself has a good chance of winning. If the gambler himself right. can win, the house would have gone bankrupt. The, the cards are all stacked against you. The house always wins. And the only time they don't win is to make sure you keep coming, to get you addicted, right? So you can keep coming. Let's go to the tafsir. Like locusts spread out. Psh, so many humans. Is that a block? Mm, uh, thanks for the, the the full example, Uga. Thank you very much for the uh, medical uh, details there. Appreciate it. We got kids in the chat. <laughs> yeah. On the day of resurrection, there's a debate. <laughs> And it's, it's one of those totally academic debates that's not important to us. Where does the resurrection happen? Does the resurrection happen here? Or is the earth mashed up with other planets? Does it make a difference to you? <laughs> it's one of those questions. What does it make a difference? If I throw, put you in a court of law, and there's paradise here, okay, uh, uh, and hell there, does it make a difference where the court of law is? Who cares where it is? This is called Ardul Ma'shar. Ardul Ma'shar, the location of the resurrection. Now, the location of the resurrection is most likely it is on this earth. Except that this earth, al Ard, Ghayr al Ard. This earth will be changed. Okay, this earth will be completely changed. When it's changed, there are no seas, no rivers, no mountains. It is straight, flat earth, it's sand, okay? That's all it is. The, imagine the entire earth, just a globe, or for us, it'll be just a plane. All we see is flat, flatness. There's nothing else. There's no, there's no crevices, no mountains. That's why. وَتَكُونُ جِبَالُ الْمَنْفُوشِ just like, it's like wool spread out. Asuf al menduf. Now, the second phase of the judgment is that after we're all resurrected, how are we resurrected? A, whore, a trumpet is blown, and all of your flesh, the dust, the earth that you're made of, all comes out and meets your soul and forms a new body around your soul. So what is the first, our first physical creation happens in the wombs of our mothers. The second physical creation happens outside the womb. Your soul is there, and all of a sudden, you are entering into another sphere completely. You enter into another sphere altogether. We can't We can only say words about this. We cannot fathom what this is like. We can't fathom a soul being outside the body. However, we know, if there was a soul walking around here, right, that soul doesn't have access. It can't pick something up. It can't live the way we live because it doesn't have a body. So it can't do certain things. It has limits in the same way us. We can't go flying around the way we want in the universe, in the world, and we can't see everything because we're stuck in this body. That's why only when you sleep, you have a little bit more power. Right? If your spirit is strong and your bodily state is healthy, then when you sleep, you can dream. And you could travel around. Right? So, this is all stuff we can talk about, but we can't really fathom it unless, until it happens. And when it does happen, we can't come back to talk about it. So, when we go out there, uh, uh, so when we get resurrected, where our souls are brought forth all onto the plane of Qiyamah, and then all of the earth and the dust that we were made of comes up together and forms us in a brand new body. And that body will be reflective of our deeds. It'll be a beautiful body if your deeds were good. It'll be a bad body, an ugly body, if your deeds were ugly. And if you're a mu'min and a believer, the the promise of Islam is that eventually you'll be forgiven. Now or later. And there are two types of ways that people are forgiven. They're either forgiven directly and they go straight to paradise. Or they have to be put into the hellfire first. And purified. And those people come out bronze. And all the hardships transform the body. And remove the sinfulness and the sinful effect, the effects of sins from the body until they have their perfect heavenly body and then they're admitted like that. Some people, they're created, they're resurrected and formed exactly with their heavenly bodies. Why? Because their sins are all forgiven in this life. And the effects of their sins were were, were erased. Remember, there are sins and there are the effects of sins. That's a big difference. Let's say a person went and he did zina. And then he repented sincerely. He may be totally forgiven, forgiven. But the effect of sin is still on him. What's the effect of sin? You may have developed an addiction. You may have some darknesses inside you. You may have veiled yourself. That's why it's so important to avoid sins. The effect of sin, it lingers with you. That's why there's something called mubiqat where the effect of the sin is so strong, it's almost like taking a piece of cotton and putting it inside of dye. Like to get that darkness out is going to take so long. It requires life-altering repentance, hajj, and a lifetime of ibadah. I have a question Shoot.
1: Um, related to this. You know, yeah. when we're making du'a for the dead, one of the du'as, I think this is from the uh, hadith of the Prophet mm-hmm. where um, about washing the soul yeah. in the way that White, Like Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Like white, like white cotton yep. Gets washed mm-hmm. So what I always thought Is that you know When you have a garment of white The thing is Is that no matter You know if you spill something on it No matter how hard you scrub it yep. There's still going to be a trace that remains yes. Yes. So is this What's be like So how do we kind of uh, Reconcile this You kind of see where I'm going with this Yeah, yeah.
0: You've got a brand new garment It's perfectly white Like a piece of paper Then you write on it Or you color it You mess it up When you wash it it now, it's never going to be exactly how it was. Right. So, what we say is, the toba of a person and that slight coloration is a form of beauty. Mm-hmm. And that's what we call wisdom. Right? Where the wali Allah, his heart and his fitrah is, at, is, is categorized as white. But he's gone through life, right? He has experience now. So he has the heart of a child in its purity, but because of all his past experience, now he can tell you what to avoid, what to do, what not to do. Right. So all these shades of white are all different shades of beauty. Even the sinners themselves, when they go into the fire, and they're put into the fire for a period of time, then they're allowed, they're permitted to exit the fire, and they crawl to paradise, and they throw themselves into the river of life. That river of life heals them. And they travel a long route, just cooling off in the river of life and regenerated. Then they fall into the banks of the river where the soil is rich. They're further healed from their burns. They come out looking bronze, and they have a nickname in Jannah. The Jahannamiyin. And they have a beautiful tan to them. So like a, a person with nice skin And a person with tan Both of them are beautiful They're different forms of beauty And there's no superiority between the two
1: Now that you bring that up It yeah. reminds me Even in this life You know Say for example We get najas Or like dirt You know On our skin Or on our clothes Yeah We're not responsible for the trace that it leaves That's true All we're responsible for is removing exactly. it Exactly Because that's the only thing we're capable of doing
0: That's exactly in, in fiqh If I get a blood on my shirt And it's pouring off I got to wash that blood off before I make Salah. As long as the water runs clean off my shirt, I'm not responsible for the, uh, the color that it leaves it off. shows
1: the mercy of yeah, Allah. Yeah, it's the mercy it's of, the of, of Allah. And this Allah. life ended hereafter. Yeah. It's the same
0: thing. If Sayyidina Omar did not live the life that he lived, he would not have experiences that he had. And those experiences are what made him that what he said, يَخْدَعُونِ <laughs> I'm not uh, a con man. But conmans cannot fool me. Why? He lived with conmen. Right? He lived his whole life in the streets. When he entered Islam, that's the type of person nobody can mess around. Right? And there are many, many companions who were fooled. One companion said, Omar said, I'm going to make hijrah with you. So they were making the hijrah together. They are about to make hijrah together. When the man said, No, you go. He said, why? Because my mother, she swore she would not leave the, sun, the heat of the sun nor eat nor drink if I make migration with the pro, uh, to, to, to Medina. Omar said, you think she's serious? As soon as she gets too hot, she's going into this. Not, this is a bluff. He said, no, I'm worried. So Sayyidina Omar said, so he left. Guess what? He never made hijrah. That's a hobby. Right? He got fooled by his mother. But Sayyidina Omar said, as soon as she gets hot, she's going to go. Right.
1: And as soon as she gets lice, she's gonna yeah, as soon as
0: she gets lice, she's gonna comb her hair. Right, and wash it out. So subhanallah, he's not a con man, but he cannot be fooled. And that's a personality I think is really, really one of the best and most effective in the Dawah. Right? That's why I believe in sheltering is bad, I think. Right? Sheltering from sin is good, but sheltering from life, I think, is really bad. Right? You gotta go out there. Like, we were talking one time with Alex, like, what do, how, do, how do you raise kids? I think around a certain age. You take them to a Jersey City basketball court or something. Just put them on the court. We'll pick you up in five hours. Survive, right? Drop you off. I've always thought about this. I take my, my we go to New York often. One of these days, we should say, listen, I'm going to drop you off in Brooklyn. I don't know where. Somewhere. I'll pick you off tomorrow. 24 hours. You've got to survive, right? Sleep under a bridge, Right? Yeah, maybe you get attacked, maybe not get killed, but you don't get attacked. Learn to defend yourself. Learn to see an attack, to smell it. There's value in this. But the sheltering is no good. I always felt, I knew that we were so sheltered deep in the suburbs. More suburban than this, right? Right. Deep in the suburbs. Like, real deep in the suburbs. And I'm like, this isn't like real life. I want to taste that real life. So, in New Brunswick, then Washington, D.C., then London. There you get to basically see everything. And I remember going to Washington, D.C., walking everywhere. I walked into a masjid. I walked in a certain area, and then I dipped into a masjid to pray. The guys knew I wasn't from there. Like, I was just all preppy, going to graduate school and everything. But I want experience of real life. Or vast experience, or deeper experiences. And they're like, what are you doing here? I was always taking a walk. Like, you crazy? You don't take walks around here. right? That's what they told me. You don't take what you get straight up after the salah and you go back to where you came from, right? Cuz you can get jumped. I was like that's what I'm looking for. Subhanallah, the grass is always greener on the other side, right? <laughs> you grow up so protected. You wish to see what life is like because it's not that the grass is greener, it's people love balance. Mm. Imbalance is dangerous.
1: Right. right, that's right? So true.
0: You can really get messed up. Okay? So imbalance is really a problem that's why i'm always thinking you know we always have a problem here that technology's done everything for us like no one's wife really truly genuinely for life needs them they might need you for higher abstract purposes right higher order purposes like companionship right but it sort of bugs me it's, okay she's going to be you she's going to need you if there's an intruder how many times out of a thousand is there ever, ever going to be an intruder, right? Right. You're never going to have someone break the door down in the middle of the night, and then you're going to have to go and get the gun, get the kitchen knife. It's never going to happen. Like Rarely is it ever going to happen. So that's one of the problems with the modern world, is that men, they're not at the base level of existence needed anymore. Right? Right. They're only needed at the higher order of like companionship. Of course that stuff is important too. But um, that's the problem. But anyway we're saying after the ahwal of qiyamah these calamities of the day of judgment then another trumpet is blown and all of that stops and everyone is standing in rows. No one's saying a word. All of humanity, imagine and Raaz, what did we say? 100 billion human beings have lived so far? Maybe? Everyone standing in rows based upon their era and with their imam. Who's your imam in this life? A sheikh so-and-so? You'll be behind him. Adolf Hitler? You'll be behind. AOC? You'll be behind her. She's not really a leader. Who's a lead? Trump? You'll be behind him. Who is your leader in this life? You'll be with them. And they'll be in groups like this. Nobody will be talking. And then people will be called one at a time. And all of their deeds will be shown, except if Allah wants to have mercy on you, he'll hide your deeds. And he'll make your, your judgment private between you and him. You, him, couple angels, right? And it's a wonderful session. It's wonderful. Because then Allah asks, us, or asks him about this deed. What about this deed? It's a, like a formality. May you prepared so well. I, I remember one time I went up to me and three other juniors. We qualified for physics with the seniors. So we qualified for one level up in science. And we were so nervous about it that we and overcompensated. And we studied so hard because like, we shouldn't have been there. We were one year ahead. And then we studied so hard. All right, for the final, that when we actually got to the final exam that we were, like, sweating about, right? Then, when we got there, he had seen how much effort we put into it. After about 10 minutes, he started walking around, giving us the answers. He's like, um, I'd look over number three again. Like this, we were so nervous and so, like, on edge, but then he totally, like, popped the air out of the, there was no pressure, He's um, look over 16 again, right? It's like, oh, 15 is good. We basically gave it to us. He gave it to us. If you spend your entire life taking Allah seriously, you're not going to find a shock on the Day of Judgment. You're going to find ease on the Day of Judgment. That's what Allah says, yusra. You worked hard here. You're going to find it easy there. And this is a private gathering. Small, short, right? And there is almost like Muda'aba, muda'aba means like, almost like playfulness, in the questioning. Oh, these little sins make them hasanat. Then the person said, oh, "I had some big sins too. You want to make them hasanat too?" Right? That made the Prophet laugh, sallallahu alaihi wasallam. So that's where on that day you, you you reap your reward. And there were other people in the finals. They were goofballs, right? He didn't help them. He only helped the people that. And the same thing with Qiyamah. So that's where what this ayah is talking about. Um, his scale is heavy with good deeds. Right? His, his scale is heavy. A lot of good deeds. Then Allah Ta'ala makes his questioning very easy and short and quick. And there's no stress. In fact, there's enjoyment. If you prepared really well for an IRS audit, and you had a friend who used to work in the IRS, right? And he helped you out. When the IRS audit happens, that's, there is no stress in that meeting, right? It's completely relaxed. Um, as opposed to when you get shocked with the IRS audit, and you had messed up and cheated, you go to jail, right? So, وَأَمَّا مَنْ خَفَّتْ فَأُمُّهُ Ummuhu hawiya. What is ummuhu? The um of something is not always just the mother of something, it's the source. Okay, and it's the destination. He is going into the hawiyah is something that goes far down like an abyss, has no ending to it. Okay. Al-Hawiyah is one of the names of Jahannam because you go down into it. When you get thrown into the hellfire, there are parts of the hellfire you can fall for 70 years you don't reach the bottom. Imagine that. Subhanallah. You don't hit the bottom you just keep going and going and, go. and that becomes a state of misery. قَالَ وَهِيَ الْعَرَبُ لِلْرَّجُلِ إِذَا وَقَعَ فِي أَمْرٍ شَدِيدٍ if he falls into a major calamity أُمُّهُ You ever uh, go to high school and you show up and you totally forgot that there was an exam? Like this happens to everyone at least once. Like the dread, there's like dread completely, right? It's like one of the worst things that could happen. Oh, you get clammy. This is terrible, right? This (laughs) is what. Imagine that times fifty. You know, million. وَقِيلَ أَرَادَ أُمْ رَأْسِهِ يَعْنِي أَنَّهُمْ يَهْوُونَ فِي النَّارِ عَلَى رُؤُسِهِمْ They're thrown head first. The أمهُ أمهُ being his head. Thrown into the hellfire in that way. وَإِلَى هَذَا التَّأْوِيلُ ذَهَبَ قَتَادَ وأبو صَالَحِ وَمَا أَدْرَاكَ مَا هِيَ Again, asking, who's going to tell you? How do you know about it? What do you know about it? الْهَوِيَ وَأَصْلُهَا مَا هِيَ okay. مَا هِي أَدْخَلَهَا فِيهَا لِلْو uh, you know these surahs the meccan surahs they don't have a lot of tafsir it's just what it is why because these surahs if they're they're meant for the new muslim mecca these are new muslims right it's, it's new to, the quran is new to everybody it is as it is these surahs of quran The short surahs of the Qur'an, they are as they are. Just what the word is, that's what the tafsir is. And it's also for kids to recite. It's not like the surahs of Ma'idah and Ali Imran that have a lot of rulings, or it's pointing to a story that you don't know, right? Because these surahs came to the Quraysh fresh, they don't know anything about Islam or Qur'an or Deen, or Tawheed or, or anything, and the surah comes to them just as it is. All right, so that is the tafsir of Surah Al-Qari'ah and the ahwal and the phases of the Day of Judgment. When you get judged, your deeds are put in scales. Everything's given a physical form. So it's put in scales. Okay, And then um, you're given a receipt and that receipt is in the form of a book because it's huge. That book you're given to your right hand or your left hand. So we have the ahwal, we then have The scale, the judgment, the scales, the book, and then you're told to go. When you're told to go, pass the spot of judgment, right? There's a location of the judgment itself. You're told, you're given your book, you're finished with that, move on. Like in an airport. Go get your luggage now, right? You pass the visa, go get the luggage next. So likewise, you pass the the judgment area, uh, area, go. So when you go there's going to be a bridge. That is the Sirat, which is the next phase of judgment. Behind that Sirat is the courtyard of paradise. And the Mu'mineen will wait there until, the, until all the Muslims and all the believers have arrived and the Messenger of Allah sallallahu knocks on the gates of paradise, then it is opened into a bigger courtyard. And in that courtyard, there's a great assembly. In that assembly, all of the Mu'mineen cannot imagine how many hundred thousand of angels are there attending to. Then Sayyidina Dawood opens with recitation of the Qur'an. Then the Prophet wasallam. then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, speech of the Qur'an is heard. And then people don't want to leave until Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sends an amazing bird. People don't want to go to their paradise. Everyone says, now go to your kingdoms. They don't want to leave. So Allah sends a bird and that bird is so beautiful, they keep looking at it. Everyone will go look at it, and it will make them go to their paradise. Except the Messenger of Allah, sallallahu alayhi wa He goes back out to the, to the plains of war. He passes the sirat, and he goes into the fire, sallallahu alayhi wa Of course, he's immune from being touched by it, but he pulls people out. Pulls people out. While all the people are enjoying their paradise, the Prophet, he has his followers are still in trouble. He goes back out and he makes more shafa, more shavah, more shavah. So, uh, let's now take Q&A. Okay. You guys hear that? You guys hear this? Uh, who's rapping in the back? Where's that from? Oh, the yeah, those the guys? Yeah. All right, let's go and see how the Instagrammers are doing.
1: So, one person, I think Hamza asked, um, what if the Prophet ﷺ is my leader? So, you know, when we're talking about being gathered with your leaders, you know, it's nice to be gathered with the scholars or the salaf, but can can it be that you love the Prophet ﷺ so much that you're raised with him as well?
0: If the Prophet ﷺ becomes someone's primary objective then that becomes his leader. But also if you are if you have a shaykh, for example, who in this life is also your imam, well, who's that shaykh's leader, you'll also be with the Prophet ﷺ. And that to me is safer. I'll tell you why. I could say, I'm going to follow the Prophet peace ﷺ. But is the Prophet alive here to tell me, no, you're not doing something right. This is how you do it. Anyone can twist and turn what they think Allah and his Prophet would say. How many times have you heard someone say, well, I don't think the Prophet will be upset with that. I don't think Allah would mind that. How do you know? You can fool yourself. So to have a living human being who can say something to you has great value. Of course, the Prophet wasallam is our leader in the sense of the law comes from him. Nobody else overrides him. And your greatest love is the Messenger, sallallahu alayhi But don't fool yourself and say, I'm directly to the Prophet. No, you could fool yourself like that. right? So, uh, we have to ha- uh, make... If, if it's true, if we're on tr- true guidance, the, sh- the scholars of today who are alive, who are no better than us, and are on better guidance than us, they would approve. Right? So we have to be in company with them. Because that's, that's how we check ourselves. And if you say, Oh, I don't want to attach myself to one shaykh because humans these days. No one said one shaykh, fine. Fine, you don't have to. It's with a jama'ah of Ahl-Sunnah. And that's the idea of jama'ah to Ahl-Sunnah. And I'm telling you, the people who say, I'm going to just do it myself and between me and Allah, and Allah and His Messenger, they go astray. Because you can imagine something about God and His Prophet that's not true. So, Here's a question from the Baha'i B. I'm currently working with homeless peeps. Some of them are Muslim, and they want to do a stikhara. How do they do that when the shelter is not pure? As long as you don't physically see najasa on you, on the floor, you can make sujood on that. Or, they can take their jacket off and make sujood on that. We can't send our daughters out to experience life in the way you said. No, no, this is for the sons. You don't send your daughter, you shouldn't do that for daughters, right? Oh, I want you to toughen up, and that's not the uh, way of Islam. That's not the, it, it, that's, the, if, if we have gender roles, there is a, a spirit of gender roles, okay? The spirit of gender roles for us is anything that involves danger and aggression and conflict should be taken up by the husband or the father or the brother, Anything that requires mercy, compassion, and, and um, sensitivity, fragility, like dealing with a baby. Fragility in these things should be taken up by the women at the home. If we're going to break up, that's a general breakdown. And I'll give you the proof. I'll give you the open proof for this. Very basic proof. If you go drop your kid off You have a baby, right? So you have a little baby that's that's two years old. you got a little girl. She's two years old, right? Is there anything more valuable to you than your two-year-old girl? Cutest thing in the world. You go to drop her off at daycare. You open the door, it's a bunch of guys. A bunch of guys running the daycare. Do you send her then or not? (laughs) I don't. If it's my son, I won't send him. I don't know, something inside me will reject it, Right? I think 99.9999% of human beings on the face of the earth, your baby, two years old, and I need to go to work, so here, go to the daycare, and you see a bunch of guys with beards. Oh, Abu Khalil.
1: Right? (laughs) Abu Khadija.
0: Abu Khadija. (laughs) Uh, No, thank you. I'll take him to work. I'll put him in my, a playpen in my office. So, you wouldn't accept it. It's just your fitra will not accept it. But if I go and I say, Sarah and Khadija and Fatima it's fine right it's acceptable to yourself so alright here's another question there's an intruder at the door five of them and
1: you're
0: you got your, your dad and your mom let's say when you're young right who do you expect to go and deal with them it's got to be your dad your mom goes and your dad stays is your fitra? you will be warped for life I guarantee you, you'll be warped for life. And a woman can earn a lot more than a man, right? Earning in these day and age does not mean that they're involved in danger and conflict. But if there's some, some guys knocking on the door and they have ill will, I expect if I'm a young kid, I expect to be with my mom and I expect my dad to be out there. This is fitrah. I don't care what studies tell you otherwise, what universities tell you otherwise, this is how human beings have been from the time of Satan and Adam when Sayyidina Adam ate from the tree, who else ate from the tree? Then his Hawa also ate from the tree. But who did Allah Ta'ala address? So when it came time to be in trouble, right? and we don't say it's in trouble as in the Prophet committed sin and he's in trouble. No. Like when the pressure came, who did it come on? Come on, Sayyidina Adam. Sayyidina Hawa wasn't questioned. Right? She was not questioned. It was Sayyidina Adam who was questioned. And many tafsirs have talked about this. Right? So... That which is danger, conflict, and aggression is for the males that which is compassion sensitivity and fragility is for the females and if some philosophers philosophies and groups don't like it no problem you go do your thing we do our thing all right let's see what your home life looks like first of all if you even have a home life where will people without a leader stay they'll be on their own if they had no leader
1: Abu Bakr is asking if you know who are the most prominent uh, Shafi'i scholars.
0: Abu Bakr is asking about the most prominent Shafi'iyya. We're going to say Al Ghazali and Nawawi. No, right now. Oh, right now. In
1: life,
0: yeah. Well, um, Habib Zain. Habib Zain. What's his phone? Is it Habib Zain bin Sumait. Oh,
1: yeah.
0: Yep. Uh, yeah, Muhammad from Maldives. Where's my Radiallah every single time? every single time
1: Abu Bakr by the way uh, I don't know if you've met him but he comes to the the South class on Thursdays and he's one of Sheikh Nasar's best students and he's Shafi? no he's um, Hanafi
0: MashaAllah
1: hmm. SubhanAllah they call him Al Shafi Saghir
0: yeah he is one of the most prominent Khadija says can we work in an area that requires us to work with haram chicken or beef it's related to feeding people with disability unfortunately that it's very tough these jobs but the answer is no we cannot feed people what is haram unfortunately but you you can feed them everything else but not deal with the food and the meat that's what you can do Okay. what is Uga Panda saying?
1: he's asking for Dalil but for what specifically?
0: Dalil for what young man? It's no, it's not rude to ask for a deleel. I had a friend, by the way, he's hilarious. He became Muslim. I met him in the mosque when I was working in New York City, downtown New Manhattan, and everything was good. And of course, because it's New York, he eventually starts dealing with Salafis. I noticed he started being aloof, rude, right? And then one day, I tell him a story. Has nothing to do with like rulings, aqidah, nothing. He's like, eating something. And I tell him the whole story. And then without even looking at me, he goes, evidence? (laughs) (laughs) I was like, who are you hanging out with, right? Like, you're completely rude. And then you're asking evidence where it's like out of place almost. Because you don't... Evidence is really needed where there's skin in the game. Haqidah and fiqh, where there's heaven and hell. I tell you a short story about Abu Dhar. Yeah, okay, you can ask me for the source, but we don't need sah- the strong sahih evidence yeah. for little stories because that
1: haven't no? even the da'if hadith are held to a higher standard yeah. than the you know, the historical tale oh, that we have we find, we find artifacts little pieces of writing, slips of paper coins and historians they develop an entire story about what exactly happened Yeah, you know the weak da'if hadith is still stronger,
0: way stronger than yeah. that stuff you know that the orientalists like from here in Princeton, Crone Elizabeth Crone
1: Oh, horrible. Um, what's the other... Uh, what's
0: that other guy called?
1: Hook. Hook. Hook and Crone.
0: Yeah. Cook. Michael Cook. Cook.
1: Cook. Cook. Yeah, yeah. So these horrible. guys go... Horrible. These
0: guys are so uh, contradictory. Dumb and dumber. Oh, it's dumb follow. and dumber. So dumb and dumber that they had to retract their book. Like, there' more people... the more the field advanced. Haggardism.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. So they ended up finding, like, a scroll somewhere and measuring the sira against, like, a random old scroll. They assumed the soundness of the scroll... But not the soundness of the hadith,
1: right? No, and then they had Western authors like from like Orientalists yeah. themselves disprove them. Uh, there's a really good book. Um, uh, I forgot the exact title, but it's like. Uh, analyzing Islam from the earliest sources yeah and it's like what they do is that they actually do a real scholarly study they say we got coins from here we got artifacts from here we got this letter from this priest and then they really put together a story of what happened from all non-muslim sources Mm -hmm. and the end of the book they say that this like thesis that these dumb and dumber had yeah completely wrong (laughs) They didn't know research. Everything was conjecture. It's just... Um, yeah. What's the word that you're using to talk about the philosophers? It's just talk. just talk talk. idle, Idle talk. That's
0: it's it. idle talk. They just
1: put things out there yeah. and then someone else has to do the hard work of disproving them.
0: And they were writing in the 70s and 80s at a time. There weren't... The Islamic studies were not developed. You can say whatever you want. Right? right. You, you go to to town, give any effect what you want until a real sheikh comes. Then you get embarrassed. Right? right. That's what happened to them. The field developed. Right? And they realized that this what stuff that they were saying was nonsense and and it's funny is that the thing is that they had um, considered the non-islamic sources as absolute like it's true the right. assu- assumption is that that's valid right and the assumption is that the Muslims are lying right so you come in with a belief in the first place
1: you know it's so like anti logic yeah I saw you know I Every time I start reading like Western academia, I just yeah. get so mad. And it's the same arguments from the beginning of the time of the Prophet Yeah, The same things that the Mushrikeen were saying. Um, I read some article, some big shot, like Harvard PhD or something like yeah. that, about how the Isra Isra'ul-Ma'raj could not be a true night ascension. And instead it was probably a military expedition. And you know, it's the same thing. Denying the Isra'ul-Ma'raj yeah. is the thing that the Mushrikeen and the Kuffar have always done. Yeah. And you know, what he did was that he said, no, you know this word Isra it actually has an Aramaic or a Sabian origin and it means military expedition. Like, what? Uh, yeah. why, would they be, why would the Kafar be so mad yeah. about a military expedition? How would it be a fitna? Yeah. <laughs> when Allah
0: says this is a test, how would that be a fitna? A no. no. <laughs> <laughs> and, and wait a second, why is there this assumption that everyone in the past was dumb? Right. Like, you're going to come here halfway across the world from another language and another people's but you figured it out. But all those people in the past for for a millennium and a half, what, because they're brown and African and Asian, they're dumb? They got fooled? Or they're willingly fooled? Or they're lying? All of them? Not a single one of them was honest.
1: You know I feel like Every person has a trigger Especially scholars You know yeah. you'll see One, one topic yeah. My trigger is when I see Muslims believing these western. Oh my god Oh I can't stand it. Salafis Wahhabis I could You know that's fine They're trying to be sincere They're trying to find yeah. What the haqq is But these like Muslim who people into who into fall this. into This western yeah. academia nonsense
0: That's really, why I could I literally Physically I Physically Could not Continue sitting in The conference I went to when, As an academic Right starting off, you got to go to these conferences. I physically couldn't go into them. Like, I, I, the, just seeing the nature of the person who buys into that stuff is someone who loathes himself. Right. Right? And wants these people to define him and his religion for him. Such creatures to me, like, one thing about them is like, they, 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 they have such a loathing for themselves and such a cowardice. And I couldn't stand being in these conferences for two days I had to leave early right, right. I had to leave. I couldn't stand it at all right let's see what else we got here on Facebook okay let's see if what's happening on Facebook if anyone has any comments or questions and we have Lawrence Krauss was here or Lawrence, Lawrence. Uh, of Arabia what's his name uh. Lawrence Kendall was just asking friends here we go okay does the prophet tell you to hide and murder human beings? Mm. Murder, murder by yes. definition is killing without right, right? But sometimes killing is necessary. Murder is never necessary, right? Kill, murder is killing without right. Okay.
1: I think he was alluding to, Shogi. Khashoggi Khashoggi. <laughs> yeah. We don't. <laughs> We're we Saudis. don't take right. that's not that's oh not God. God. <laughs> Chop him up. If I had to imagine I don't know I, yeah. I don't want to assume
0: either Would someone consider as Be a facet For doing minor sins Like handshaking And listening to music mm, Would they be a facet For that I mean No No They wouldn't be a facet For that, that some, These are minor sins But A facet is someone Who does Sins openly unabashedly. That's the difference. Openly and unabashedly. So I guess there is a spectrum based upon the, the, the degree of the sins. So he's, that such a person say, oh, openly and unabashedly, I'm doing that. Another guy's openly and unabashedly unabashedly selling alcohol. They're not going to be the same. Okay. By the way, everyone who wants to go over Malachi Click, uh, right after this, we go to Malachi Clicks. We have a stream in which we're going to read on, we're going to talk about tasawwuf, and in particular the tasawwuf of Imam al Nawawi. This is going to be very good, very beneficial, because some people are still under the impression that the science of tasawwuf is jumping and dancing and being grave worshippers or whatever they say. Uh, so we're going to talk about that. From which hadith Malikiya leaves hands side by side? go to safinasadiorg backslash sadl I'm going to write it here for you so I actually gathered them all but you're also missing the point on this because hadith is not the highest source of authority in defining the sunnah according to Imam Malik according to Imam Malik amal ahl al-madina is mutawatir
1: and that's a hadith in and of
0: itself that is treated as a hadith and so when they say that this is how the Salaf were praying at that time. That is the highest source. Yeah. When doing wudu in the bathroom, which contains a toilet, can you say bismillah? You say it very slightly to yourself, is acceptable. What's the music that plays at the end of NBF lives? That is our own chorus that we had made for us. The same people who made Erturo made it for us. And it's all voice. The intro, which we haven't pr- put out yet, has some synth in it, and then voice.
1: One thing um, yeah. uh, we're doing uh, mustalah hadith, right? And it's written by uh, Sheikh Taha Rayan. Uh, no, not, um, what's his name? Uh, Mahmoud Tahan. Mm-hmm. He's a Shafi'i, yeah. and he talks about the mutawatir hadith. Yeah, and he gives all the requirements for what is a hadith and what what is considered mutawatir. And if you look at it, all of the requirements for amal Ahl al Madina meet the requirements of mutawatir. 100%. Yeah. And so that should be enough.
0: Yeah. And Malik did not come up with this. He learned it. He was taught it by al Ray. When he said, What about this hadith? He said, ألف ألف Taking a thousand from a thousand, it settles more in your heart that this is true. And epistemology also does have a concept of settling in your heart, right? Like epistemology satisfies the truth. A sound transmission, truth satisfies the intellect and settles in the heart more than just one from one. A transmission of one from one from one, right? So epistemology does have this concept of being intellectually satisfying, right? A proof that is one of the signs of of truth. Any plans to come to England? I think, what what do you guys think next summer maybe? We do a massive England trip, like all of us go to England.
1: Before summer, before... uh...
0: Maybe spring break. yeah.
1: Yeah. Okay, we'll see about that
0: we do a massive England trip like a
1: Euro tour like, because
0: we can learn a lot yeah. they're, they're 50 years ahead of us right. the migration happened there and established 50 years ahead of us right. they have a mosque in Birmingham that has an entire floor right. just for genezas they have 4 or 5 Genesis a day a day they have their own ambulance their own I mean their own um, genezas truck that carries the bodies their own team that's how many people die let alone people who are alive. And there's I remember when my friend Omar he went to Birmingham, there's a cul-de-sac. And I saw this too in Cricklewood. Cricklewood, London. There's a cul-de-sac. At the end of the cul-de-sac is a big mustard. Okay. And when the van goes off from Maghrib, all the doors walk open up and everyone spills out. I used to go there as an antidepressant because when you're when you come from America where Alhamdulillah, this past, subhanAllah, past few years for us, it's been sunny. Every single day has, in the spring and summer, it's been sunny. Even when we get rain and we get cloudiness, it's never for a full day. Like, we're blessed with the sun here. We have a lot of sun in the spring and summer. Even on a cloudy day, it's only going to be cloudy for four or five hours. Then the clouds go and the sun comes. You go to England, you're going to get depressed. My personal experience was that I was just like, oh, I didn't expect this. That's my, that was my experience in England. But the dhikr and the ibadah and the salah was my antidepressant. To, to go and see the people in the masjid. So I used to go to Baker Street Mosque for Maghrib and hang out all the way to Aisha. That was my antidepressant. right? And then the fun stuff is that let's say you pray Aisha, you might pray Aisha early, 7.30. Then you go out with your friends and there are these fences and in between each fence is a soccer field and you play five-a-side soccer where you can't shoot There's a three-point line, basically. You can't shoot inside the three-point line, right? So, that was really fun. Those are good days.
1: James is asking, is it permissible for... Like, can a boy and a girl be friends? And he's saying, like, texting or hanging out.
0: No, you can't. You're not allowed to do that. Because Allah says, lower your gaze. So, how could you be friends with somebody that you do... If Allah doesn't want you looking at them, then He doesn't want anything else. Because looking... Is a broader is broader than talking, chit chatting. The only time that we talk, men talk to women, is if there's a need. Okay, like you go to work and you have a colleague, you have to talk to her. What can you do? Even that, it should not be private. There, nothing at work needs to be private, right? There can always be another person on the thread or in the room,
1: right, and or on th- the text. Um, I learned that you know it's haram for us to like the woman's voice is aurah, mm-hmm. and uh, like to take enjoyment from the woman's voice. And enjoyment includes enjoying having conversations with
0: them. Yeah, enjoyment Is not just the sound of the voice But it's the, the enjoyment of the conversation And and go look around at the spiritually advanced See how they live, do they ever do that? They never do this They never do this Can a woman be a, a sheikh Like a, a spiritual leader that has mureeds I've never heard that I've never seen that But we do know and we do believe That women can be The qutb even she could be the highest. All the ranks of spirituality are open to men and women. Okay? There's the prophethood, of course, is closed. Under prophethood is all the ranks of wilayah. And if a woman can teach, I'm sure she could teach these things. And she could be a guide. I, uh, I've never seen them as tariqa leaders as, like that. But I don't see how, why she can't give out adhkar and train you in dhikr. Right. I don't see there's a reason for that. And, uh, it's, it's a knowledge, like anything else.
1: People would learn from Aisha radiallahu anha, yeah. right? Yeah. But there's still a limit that like, the woman can reach where, after a certain point, you can't go and ask her, especially for the men who are her non mahram. Yeah. Like, you know, there's still a screen and there's still a veil between them. Yeah. Which is why it makes sense. Like, a tariqah leader is like a public facing position. Correct. And we know that Islamically, like, you yeah. know, the men are supposed to be in the public and women are supposed to be yeah. in the private.
0: The, the tariqah leader is a social leader, too. Right. He's not just, he's, he's involved with everything. So that's, the, he's an imam. But, though, but on, in terms of learning spirituality, learning just no different than learning heads of Quran, right? right? She can guide the other sisters. So Sophia I don't see is anything issue
1: with that. Reminder for the Dajjal 22, 2022 version. Oh. If you could. Yes,
0: inshallah. We will, inshallah ta'ala, talk about the Dajjal some One of these talks will do Dajjal.
1: We had an afterlife one, Sophia, um, if you look back. Uh, The background was like an orange background, the thumbnail. So Mm -hmm. uh, if you look for it, you could find it. It was one of the ones that we did in February, I think. I'm
0: really interested in this book. I'm not here 9-11. I'm really interested in this subject. I love this subject. He says, there's a book about a hospice doctor. Hospice care means right before death. He discovered that those who are about to die, days before their death, they have dreams all the time. In other words, all their veils are down. They have dreams on a daily basis. And they they often have these dreams in a wakeful state as well. So I'm I'm interested in this. Definitely. I'll get it as a book on tape. I'll download the, the, the MP3s and put it on and listen to it in the car. Yeah. Can you do a series debunking red pill? Because uh, uh, I help a lot of Muslim groups and the young men and rebuking needs a whole video on its own. So this red pill stuff is basically the uh, opposite of feminism. It's just the reverse of feminism. And they all listen to who do they listen to on red pill? Um, oh, Tate. A, Andrew Tate. Andrew Tate. I yes. think he's red
1: pill, or yeah. he's he's close.
0: It's all it, basically anything anti-feminist, basically. And we shouldn't be people who imitate. It's
1: just him. the pendulum had to swing the other way. One one side got so extreme. One yeah, yeah.
0: one side got. Uh, I think those all those things are um, things that Muslims should, you know, uh, they should not be so knowledgeable in that and so ignorant in their, their deen because that stuff, it, it's going to color everything that you see and understand. Is it permissible to do Islamic research? Yes. Why not? Why not? I met Sheikh Asrar, I never I I haven't met Sheikh Abdul Hakim Murad for like twenty years. Last I met him was twenty years ago. You can have a Sheikh outside your madhab except not in fiqh, that's it. Of course you can have Shaykh outside your madhab, but it just they just won't be your teachers of fiqh. That's it. Where is this live? going to be after this. Um, what is uh, your uh, your page, what's your YouTube page called? Is it Revival of Man? Try out the Revival of Man. Uh, Zakir says, how do you find Shi'uch? You find Shi'uch by going to gatherings, uh, going to events, and then one name leads to another until you start realizing the circle of shiyuch in your area and they all give each other their support. In other words, they for example, if you ask me for example, who are the duat and the teachers that you would advise, I'm going to tell you a list of names. Those people that I that are are on the same uh, uh minhaj and they 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 are they are aqidah sound and they're fiqh sound, right? Like Sheikh Yasir Fahmi. Shaykh Rahmin Nasur Sheikh Yahya Shaykh Amin Muhammad these shiukh these okay yeah we'll do that now so they strengthen each other like that by pointing to each other when you have 25 people 30 people pointing at each other saying yeah this is correct this is correct that gives the strength and that's when you know what's true okay uh, we'll put the, can you put the link in here for the next live stream? Yes, why don't we do that? Uh, can you get the Revival of Men YouTube channel, Oz, and stick the link in? And in the meantime, patreon.com. Uh, Let's start with Mecca Books. Mecca Books, you can get any book from Mecca Books at a discount with the coupon code Safina. Okay, coupon code Safina, Mecca Books. .com uh, professors one onecom if you need tutoring online tutoring brought to you by professors one onecom any subject you want to be a nurse you want to be a doctor you want to be a plumber they will teach you everything sat's act's everything in england blah 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 professors one onecom and then lastly Patreon.com backslash Safina Society. This is where you are going to, inshallah ta'ala, support and be part of this by supporting at patreon.com. And we'll continue, continue to um, develop our studio. All right. And to give you a little teaser, we may have another stream with another Sheikh on week weeknights, maybe one weeknight a week so far, inshallah ta'ala, we're trying to put that together that we'll have a, a Monday night stream, inshallah ta'ala okay, so these are our sponsors, let's now turn uh, Anika saying suggests on present day, Hanafi fiqh, Hanafi shiyukh shiyukh of Hanafi fiqh who out there is a Hanafite that we know that's oh, out there. Oh,
1: Irshad is supposed to be very good. Um, Irshad online. who? Irshad. Um, you know, um, what's his name? Sheikh Tabrizi?
0: Irshad Tabrizi?
1: No, no. Um, I forgot his full name.
0: I don't know. Um,
1: that's who um, Waj is studying with.
0: Oh, okay.
1: Irshad.co.uk uh,
0: Irshad.co.uk
1: And I think Sheikh Isham is he teaches on their platform. It's very very good. I've heard a lot of good things and they teach some very advanced books.
0: Okay, good. irshad.co Oh, Irshad's the name of the organization. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. irshad.co.uk Okay.
1: And Harris is saying Sheikh Faraz Rabani, Yusuf Welch is also Hanafi. Sheikh Faraz Rabani, Yusuf Welch. Yeah. Tabriz
0: Tabriz Azam. Azam. What a, what a name. Is he from the 15th century? It's a beautiful name. Tabriz Azam. <laughs> yeah.
1: That's is is isn't that like um no, that's Shams Tabrizi. Like Shams Tabriz. Rumi's uh, uh his teacher yeah.
0: Uh, Abi Khan, you're in Alaska. After all this time, you're in Alaska. Wow. Abi Khan says, if, he says that if he opened a center in Alaska, would we visit? Why not? Okay. I'm not in Alaska. He says, Turkey. Oh, he didn't say Alaska. He said uh, another, Alakasa. Alakasa. Okay alright, one more question and then we go to our du'a can we address the family of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam Sayyidina Ali, Sayyidina Fatima, Sayyidina Hassan Sayyidina Hussein. we can do a whole stream inshallah on Imam Nasa'i's book on Ahlul Bayt inshallah, no problem we can do that another question on Arkview. oh by the way By the way, ArcView classes are back up. ArcView.co.U. ArcView.com. Go to ArcView.com, and uh, the classes are up and running. We have one link for all the basic classes, and one link for all the scholarship or the plus classes. And you could take tons and tons and tons, tons of pre-recorded classes. You benefit so much from ArcView. And yes, we will order them. Um we will be putting an, an order for them that's we're we're revamping. This summer, we're revamping the entire operation. Okay. Um and we're making the the, the, the entire process so much more easy to use. Okay. All right, let's now Wednesday, folks. Wednesday uh, is the time of du'a we have to make a lot of du'a on Wednesday between the duhur and Asr because Allah Ta'ala has given us this day and Allah Ta'ala has given us this great great ni'mah that he accepts du'a in a secret hour between Duhur and Asr okay there is a secret t- there is a time which Allah Ta'ala has veiled from us but it is a window between Dhuhr and asr in which du'a is accepted and in one second we will begin that du'a bi and um, you don't know I can't tell you I cannot tell you how valuable and that you will your du'a will be answered if you do this okay this du'a not this du'a that we're saying but du'a in general at this time, between Dhuhr and Asr, on Wednesdays. And the Sahabi Jabir ibn Abdullah, anytime he had an issue, and he had a need, he would make dua at this time. And his dua would be answered. Alright, the dua is up. We can remove the banner, I think to get the last letter, the last, um, uh, there we go. Alright. بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم إن فتحنا لك فتح مبينا ليغفر لك الله ما تقدم من ذنبك وما تأخر ويتم عليك ويهديك صراطا مستقيما وينصرك الله نصرا عزيزا وكان عند الله وجهها وجها في الدنيا والآخرة من المقربين وجهت وجهي للذي فطر السماوات والأرض بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم نصر من الله وفاته قريب بشر المؤمنين يا أيها الذين آمنوا كنوا أنصار الله كما قال عيسى بن مريم من من أنصار إلى الله قال الحواريون نحن أنصار الله الله لا إله إلا هو الحي القيوم لا تأخذه سنة ولا نوم له ما في السماوات وما في الأرض من ذا الذي يشفع عنده إلا بإذنه يعلم ما بين أيديهم وما خلفهم ولا يحيطون بشيء من علمه إلا بما شاء واسع كرسيه السماوات والأرض ولا يؤده حفظهما وهو العلي العظيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم لو أنزلنا هذا القرآن على جبل لرأيته خاشعا متصدعا من خشية الله وتلك الأمتال نضربها للناس لعلهم يتفكرون هو الله الذي لا إله إلا هو عالم الغيب والشهادة والرحمن الرحيم والله الذي لا إله إلاه الملك القدوس السلام المؤمن المؤمن العزيز الجبار المتكبر سبحان الله عما يشركون هو الله الخالق البارئ المصور له الأسماء الحسنى يسبح لهما في السماوات والأرض وهو العزيز الحكيم إذ نفسي بالله تعالى من كل ما يسمع بأذنين ويبصر بعينين ويمشي برجلين ويبطش بيدين ويتكلم بشفتين حصنت نفسي بالله الخالق الأكبر من شر ما أخاف وأحذر من الجن والإنس وأن يحضرون عز جاره وجل ثناؤه وتقدست أسماؤه ولا إله غيره اللهم إني أجعلك في نحور آدائي وأعوذ بك من شرورهم وتحيلهم ومكرهم ومكائدهم أطفئ نار من أراد بأعداوة من الجن والإنس يا حفظ يا حفيظ يا كافي يا محيط سبحانك يا رب ما أعظم شأنك وأعز سلطانك تحصنت بالله وباسماء الله وبايات الله وَمَلَائِكَةِ الله وانبياء الله وَرَسُولِ الله والصالحين من اِبَادِ الله حصنت نفسي بلا اله الا الله محمد رسول الله صلى الله عليه واله وسلم اللهم احرسني بعينك التي لا تنام واكنفني بك الذي لا يرام وارحمني بقدرتك علي فلا اهلك وانت ثقتي ورجائي يا غياث المستغيثين يا غيات المستغيثين يا غيات المستغيثين يا درك الهالكين يا درك الهالكين يا درك الهالكين اكفني شر كل طارق يطرق بليل او نهار الا طارق يطرق بخير انك على كل شيء قدير بسم الله ارقي نفسي من كل ما يؤذي من كل حاسد الله شفائي بسم الله رقيت اللهم رب الناس اذهب الباس إيش في أنت الشافي وعافي أنت المعافي لا شفاء إلا شفاءك شفاء لا يغذر السقمة ولا ألمها يا كافي يا وافي يا حميد يا مجيد ارفعني كل تاب شديد واكفني من الحدي والحديد والمرض الشديد والجيش العديد وجعل لي نور من نورك وعز من عزك ونصر من نصرك وبهاء من بهائك وعطاء من عطائك وحراسة من حراستك وتأييد من تعيدك يا ذا الجلال والاكرام والمواهب العظام تكفيني من شر كل ريسر انك انت الله الخالق الاكبر وصلى الله على سيدنا محمد وعلى اله وصحبه وسلم تسليما كثيرا طيبا مباركا فيه والحمد لله رب العالمين ظاهرا وباطنا وعلى كل حال يا ارحم الراحمين have inshallah a few minutes of silent du'a inshallah and turn to allah ta'ala and call upon allah ta'ala and ask him of the fadl of whatever it is that comes to your mind having absolute certainty in the ijaba bismillah الله بارك على سيدنا محمد وعلى اله وصحبه وسلم سبحان ربك رب العزه عما يصفون وسلام على المرسلين والحمد لله رب العالمين Subhana rabbika rabbil izzati amma yasifuna wasalamun ala al-mursaleen walhamdulillahi rabbil alameen Alright, assalamu alaikum everyone. We'll head over to Maliki Click's channel, The Revival of Man.